Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not rooting for losers to win, I'm Spartan Dog 97. Lucas, the Detroit Pistons have the number one pick in the NBA draft. Hell fucking yeah. Feels good, man. It's, Feels it's Cade, fucking Cade Cunningham. Good. Come on down, baby. More like Cade Cummingham. <laughs> I'm. I was legit pumped. I didn't watch the lottery, but I saw the notification. I'm just like, it felt like surreal for a second. I know it's just ping pong balls or, you know, a computer basically dictating the fate of a franchise, but it, you know, with what Stevie Y is doing with the Red Wings, we don't know what Brad Holmes is going to do with the Lions, even though it looks good early on. Alavila is Alavila. You know, it. Um, Troy Weaver is really impressing the shit out of me so far and this is i can't wait to see Cade. it better be Cade. that's all i'm gonna say yeah it better be Cade. uh you know we picked a good night to record because earlier today lucas the ncaa announced that starting tomorrow uh college athletes uh across all divisions across all sports are gonna be able to make are gonna be able to profit off their name image and likeness yeah about damn time yeah, I already saw that Jordan Bohannon is doing a meet and greet at a fireworks shop in Iowa, which is fucking awesome. That fucking rules. <laughs> That's like he had that in agreement right before they said yes. And as soon as they said yes, like, yeah, all right, let's do it. Uh, make it well, I don't know if you saw that tweet yesterday uh, from DJ Ugugali, uh, the Clemson quarterback. No. He tweeted, he tweeted like, I really love flying with Delta like uh winky face <laughs> which is just it. just fucking hilarious like that's fucking awesome yeah okay thank you for always having great flights at delta <laughs> dot 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 hashtag july 1st smirking emoji winking emoji like it's just a big fuck you to the ncaa i i love it and that's fucking they're rules just, they're just like well you know with the supreme court ruling it's just like and NCAA finally just came to their senses on something and was like, well, I shouldn't say come to their senses. They were pretty much forced to with the ruling. And it's it was a matter of time. And I'm excited. I'm happy for all the Division One athletes. I mean, I was listening to, oh, shit, I think it was Unnecessary Roughness from Barstool Sports. And it's like, you know, you don't know what can happen, you know, in college or in the pros. Like, make your money while you can because – I'd say a good example is Jake Butt from Michigan. Like he was, you know, on his way to being an early first round draft pick. And then he, I think he blew his knee out or he really fucked his knee up or leg he up. Tore his, he tore his ACL in the orange bowl. Yeah. And he lost out on a pro career and he had some insurance money, but you know, if he were able to profit off of his likeness throughout his couple of years at Michigan, he wouldn't have had to worry. And I don't know a situation, so I'm not trying to insinuate, but, you know, that, that example came to mind and, you know, you never know what's going to happen in life. So profit while you can, and I'm all for it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, good for NCAA, good for the college athletes. I'm excited to see how this is going to affect college football in the future, mm-hmm. uh, because I've long held that um, contrary to a lot of people who think that this is only going to create more of a competitive imbalance. No, 
I think it's going to create a little parity because I think if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at it from a perspective of I'm a senior in high school right now, right? Uh, I'm a five-star athlete. I have offers from Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Oklahoma, Texas, right? All these big schools. And I look at, I look at the depth charts at these schools and I go, okay, it's going to be two years before I play here. It's going to be two years before I play here. It's going to be a year before I play here. Where am I going to go that I'm going to be able to play and maximize my value right away? Right. Right. So, you know, Alabama is still going to be fucking loaded. Like this isn't going to flip the sport on its head. I'm not going to, I'm not saying that. Like we're not, it's not going to be like, it's not going to be like 2007 where like there's a new top five every week. Alabama's going to be like, oh yeah, now we can start paying our players. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dabble's Dabble's going to be like, Dabble's going to be like, well, I still have to go to church every Sunday, but it's going to be less meaningful. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard that? Yeah. So for those who don't know, there's a, uh, there's a Baptist church, like just off, just off of Clemson's campus that does special Sunday morning mass for the football team. Only the football team, the staff and like high level boosters come to this service. And instead of doing, instead of doing the, the, you know, the offering of the sign of peace you know, where they turn around to people, you know, around them and go, peace be with you. Right, shake hands and all that. Yeah, shake hands and all that. Yep. The players line up in a procession at the end of mass and they literally get like handshake 20s like your scummy uncle used to do on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you remember Dabo, I think it was last year or two years ago. He's just, you know, all little old Clemson is not going to be able to do this stuff. You know, they're not going to be able to compete with the big boys. You know, and he was talking about possibly quitting if uh, college athletes get paid. Like, you know, okay, put your nuts on the table, man. Why don't you quit? The time is here. Yeah. Anson and Scalia, retire, bitch. <laughs> well, and I know, I know Coach Izzo has, you know, I think this is the type of thing that might inch him closer to retirement. I still think it's going to be when his kid is done. Yeah. But. I mean, in college, in college basketball, for sure. I, do I think Coach K would coach another 10 years had had this not been on the horizon? No. No. Right? Like, no one's immortal, right? No. But do I think Coach K would have been like, fuck it, I'm done after this year if NIL wasn't fast approaching? No. no. Do I, it's, you know, it's uh, just, there's a certain, there are certain coaches who don't know how to contend who aren't going to be able to contend with this new reality. Yeah. And I think this week showed uh, that Mel Tucker is one of, is the, is a coach who is going to be equipped to handle with it. He announced the evergreen program uh, earlier er, last week where uh, it's basically a resource center for uh, members of the football team to uh, navigate these new waters of NIL. And when we've talked to Darian Harris in the past, they've already had this in place. We talked to Paul Morissette and, you know, the social team is working with athletes for branding. Uh, He, 
he mentioned Ricky White by name. It's like as soon as as soon as Ricky White scored his second touchdown, we were strategizing how to maximize his brand. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I'm not going to say I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that the sport's going to be flipped up on its head. Oklahoma's still going to be Oklahoma. Alabama's still going to be Alabama. Clemson's still going to be Clemson. Ohio State's still going to be Ohio State. Right. But instead of Alabama, instead of like, I think, um, I think our friend Jedrick Wills uh, shared a tweet earlier this week where it was like uh, 47 of the 54 uh, composite five stars in the 2021 class all went to four schools. Yeah. I think we're going to see a little bit more even distribution going forward. I hope so. Be kind of nice. The top guys are still going to go to the top schools because that's where they're going to make the most money. Right. You know, Goldman's always going to, I made this um, analogy when I was talking to um, an Alabama recruit, someone who had committed to play football at Alabama. I said, look, like I'm never gonna, I'm never going to give a kid shit because he got into Harvard. Right. And choosing to go to Harvard over Michigan state. Yeah. And he's a defensive tackle. So like for what he wants to do with his professional career, Going to Alabama is essentially the same as going to Harvard. You're Mm -hmm. going to get the best possible education for your future career. Mm -hmm. So they're still going to get the best guys, but there's going to be more even distribution among the top tiers of talent. Yeah. Like I I think we're going to see less of, you know, like, you know, Alabama's backups being drafted and we never see, you know, we never really saw them like to the casual uh, Alabama watcher, uh, viewer, whatever you want to call it. Like we're going to see those guys kind of go to other places. Cause it's like, you know, okay, I could get a free ride at Alabama, ride the bench and play once in a while and go in the draft. Or I can make a name for myself at a little bit of a smaller school, like a Michigan state or a know, Boston a, college yeah, or like a, like an, like a Mississippi state or something like you could, you could do that. Like, I, I think we're going to see more of that type of shit. Yeah, and I like the position Mel Tucker has put Michigan State in for us to be able to compete for these guys in this new landscape. I'm, I'm, you know, not trying to bring up the past, but I wonder what it would have been like with the old regime. I think we would have been the the car wash gift where the guy has all the shit in his hand, just drops it on the car. But <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to bear, you know, put more dirt on the grave, but. The, I kind of thought that today when I saw the NIL stuff go through, like, man, Tuck, Tucker. <laughs> hey, Lucas, this is a bit just for you and me. Like 90% of this podcast yeah. is a bit. What the fuck is going on? This is the second time this has happened. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Uh, like I've been saying, this, po- this podcast is mainly a bit for you and me. Uh, but this one is especially for you and me. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Dave Warner spilled chili. <laughs> spilled chili. That's what it would have been like. It, yeah, it would have been exactly like that. D- yeah, Dave Warner was spilled the chili. Coach, you'd be outside washing his car, and you know it all falling all over him. And uh, Jim Bowman would be just sitting in his office with a dump in his pants. Like Jim it- Bowman would have been like uh, in 
in the election. What is the campaign? That's the Zach Galifianakis, Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old guy with the hose. Half the time, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> that was. That seemed like that was him after 2013. Oh, I, it's it's been Jim Bowman for a while. You know. Yeah. Like there are a lot of jokes about like Trump and Biden sundowning. Like it's dusk over at the Bowman over at Bowman's house. You know. Uh. I'm I'm very excited to see what Tucker and 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 gang can do with this. Like they've you know it's it's obviously been in the works for a long time. Like you know like you said they've been they've been ready for it, and that's just nice to know. Like when you get that call or that email chain, it's like the time is here. You're just like okay, you know we're gonna have to get our feet wet, but we're gonna do it. Like we're we're prepared. So I'm I can't wait to see what this brings with recruiting and you know, all the, all the sponsors in the area. Hopefully the, um, the two story McDonald's can sponsor a guy. Yeah. Uh, the, that interception by Shakur Brown was brought to you by rage shadow legends. <laughs> it's going to be weird though. Like it, it is going to be weird at first, but you know, it's, I'll probably be used to it pretty quickly. I think what's going to be interesting is if, what they do with like NCAA football, like the new video game, like uh, a cover athlete, you know, it can be any, it could be anyone now. Yeah. And you know, it'll be interesting to see what the next step is. Cause I imagine that I imagine that there's going to be some, some push for a collected, a collective bargaining body. Um, yep. Our, our friend, our uh, one-time guest, Matt Brown, uh, actually held a space about this. Uh, he held a space on Twitter, a locker room, five minutes, uh, about, <laughs> you know, a, when the Supreme Court decision came down, he held a space and he was talking with other sports business journalists. And, you know, he was taking questions from the audience about what happens next. And someone asked about collective bargaining and he and he said the only way he can see collective bargaining going forward is if it's a conference by conference basis. Mm-hmm. So like the conferences, you know, like, so it'll be like a big 10 union or like a mountain right. West union versus a NCAA union, even broken down by sport. It'll be a league. It'll be a league union, which even when you're talking, um, even when you're talking about just the conferences, if you don't then subsect it again by sport, I mean, you're talking about thousands of athletes. Yeah. I, the, the big 10, I believe a requirement of big 10 membership is, is sponsoring, you know, 21, 21 varsity team, 21 varsity teams. And, you know, when you're talking hundred members, hundred players for football, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, t- 60 for track, uh, both men's and women's. You're talking 60 and 60. You know, you're talking uh, 25 players for baseball, 25 for softball, you know, hockey. It gets, you know, it racks up quick. And I'd kind of be interesting to see how that, how that shakes out in the future. Uh, you know, as someone whose politics are the way they are, I'm obviously very interested in the future of, of unions and collective bargaining. 
So I think that's going to be the next, that's going to be the next thing to watch. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, as much as stuff has already been put in place, there's just, there's going to be a fuckload of logistics that I think are going to be like trial and error. You know what I mean? No, the programs who have fought this tooth and nail are going to, are going to fall flat on their asses. Right. Um, from the jump, you know, um, I imagine even though Dabo has been, has been against it, um, you know, he's been playing, he's been paying players anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, on. you know, there's already kind of, there's already that kind of infrastructure at play. Um, and I would like to congratulate Will Wade on his coming national championship. Tim Robinson. And that I think you should leave gift where he's like, like kind of relieved. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's looking at he's the, the guy who finally got the porn magazine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was finally like... <laughs> that's, that's him tonight. He's just like crying tears of joy. Like, oh my God, I can do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Will Wade, Sean Miller, <laughs> Patino. Oh, Patino. He 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 had a little more dribble tonight. Yeah, Patino Patino only lasted 13 instead of the customary 15. Does Sean Miller he he doesn't have a job anymore? I don't know. He's on a staff somewhere. Yes. Um, I think right. he's on I think he's on Texas's staff actually with Beard. That's not a bad assistant coach to have. No, Sean, uh, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit when he got hired, but Chris Beard's staff at Texas oh. is fucking nuts. He's not on Texas. Where is he at? Nowhere. Oh, he doesn't have a job? No. I imagine that's going to change. Yeah, Chris Beard is, yeah, I mean, you know, Texas basketball is going to profit from this big time. It already has a huge stadium. And, you know, you, ha- you brought in the coach who was your dream hire. Like, this is – going to rock for, for like the big, like Texas football is going to maybe get, cause I know they've been missing on some guys and you know, they, they can't just rely on the, the, the past. Your programs can't rely on the past anymore with this stuff. In my opinion, you have to go on now. Like, what can you give me now? Like that's what kids are going to be thinking is dollar signs. Not all of them, but some, a lot of them are going to be thinking dollar signs as well as an education, you know? Right. And you know, um, I think, I think it'll be interesting. I think the conference I'm most interested to see how this changes, um, is the PAC 12. Mm. Uh, because like we've asked, I've asked Matt Brown about this, both on the podcast and, you know, just kind of in our regular correspondence in the past is the Pac-12 has always been a baffling, um, has always been kind of a, an enigma to me. Yeah. Because, you know, here you have a, a Power 5 conference with um, incredibly successful brands uh, who has a team, who has a member, who has a member, who has a member school playing the nation's most popular sport in the nation's most popular venue for that sport on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. You have two teams in the nation's second largest media market. 
you have a team who by virtue of of its of the brand's founder being an alumni having early access to the most cutting edge and most advanced designed uniforms and you have a and you have a mini ivy in silicon valley yeah you have a you lot know. of riches and it seems like they i just don't know how they've kind of fucked up at certain parts yeah i mean part of it was you know we talked about it uh you know the pac 12s uh conference headquarters is in fucking san francisco it's like one of the most expensive places to have an office <laughs> in the world like why not have a satellite office in new york and london while you're at it you know like like what's the closest team to there i mean it would be Stanford. Yeah, it'd be Stanford, Palo Alto. I mean, and, and I don't think it's helped the, the Pac-12 the last, I don't know, dec- not decade, but I mean, it, ever it since that, that, you, that USC has not been good because I'm not, I don't like being one of those people where like the traditional powers have to be good, but like, I think in order for the Pac-12 to succeed, USC has to be up there. Right. I think like, like, yeah, the Pac-12, well, I think the other major thing that hurts the Pac-12, too, is, like, the time zone. Yeah. Right? I mean, you You're know. Right. Yeah, I agree. Their marquee games are 11 o'clock. At, you know, if they want to do their their marquee matchups at 8 o'clock local, that's, five, that's 11 o'clock on the East Coast. Right. Like, I'm, I'm 30. I'm, I'm 33. I'm about to be 34. I'm too old to stay up for Pac-12 after dark with um, Passion, uh, Bill Walton, as much as I'd like to. Like, if they could figure out something to do at like 7 or even 8 o'clock, I'd, I would tune into those games. Well, I think it's interesting that, you know, Fox um, wants to wanted to do a big noon kickoff for a Pac-12 game. That would yeah. be like 9 a.m. local. <laughs> tailgate lots open at like 1 a.m yeah it's a little uh you know so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the back 12 does from here uh back to michigan state though because uh Caton is in the hauser oh that was bad I'm, I'm, i can't that, wait for this kid that was fucking bad that was so bad yeah. my part that was i was bad. just i was just trying to walk over it so we could talk about him Caton hauser um you know, four-star recruit out of St. John Bosco in California. Um, he was committed to Boise State. Um, he took an official visit, and Tucker flipped him. Yeah, and he, he did it – I think he did it in a very respectable way. Like, he he decommitted from Boise uh, before the weekend, or right at, right at the beginning of the weekend. Like Friday afternoon. Yeah, yeah like Friday afternoon. And, you know, let it sit and, you know – and out of respect for them. And that was nice, you know, but everyone fucking knew where he was going. And, you know, then Sunday afternoon, right. It was Sunday afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he officially commits to MSU. So I'm, I like that little bit of character in him. I mean, it's not, you know, I want him to be a, I want him to be a sharp, you know, a slinger, but um, I haven't watched a lot of his footage, but from what I've seen numbers and just like, 
the short little things that like clips that Justin Thin has put on Twitter and Will, I think Will's talked about him too. I, this, you know, this could be one of those recruits. Like I always said, you know, you know, D'Antonio wasn't landing five stars until like Will Golston and Lawrence Taylor committed. And that was like four or five years into his fucking regime. You know, if, if this can be start to be a snowball effect, not, I'm not saying we're going to land every five star or four star, but if it can help kind of, you know, if like, Oh shit, this four star quarterback's coming to MSU and you're a four star receiver or a five star receiver, you might go, Hey, I'm, I should probably give them a shot, especially obviously if Tucker can, can improve this year, like that's, that's the biggest thing because you can recruit all you want, but if you can't do it on the field, you know, it's, it's not going to be worth it, but, I'm I'm really pumped for Kate and Hauser. It, that was a huge get. And it just shows how committed this staff is to, to building up this this next year's recruiting class. I can't wait to see an action in like like two or three years when they've had time to cook. I can't yeah. wait to see what they look like. Yeah, I'm very I'm very interested to see to see what happens now. Um, you know, with Kate and Hauser and how this goes forward, you know. Um, as, as our, as our old friend, Brett, um, has said before, uh, the game changes once Tucker is allowed to have recruits come to campus. And I think we're seeing the fruits of that. I think we're seeing the fruits of that labor, uh, sooner than I think even we expected, um, someone who people who are pretty high on Tucker and, you know, the Ashiba bag hasn't even fully dropped yet. (laughs) Uh, once the, you know, imagine what it's going to be like once the Ashiba bag drops and Tucker's going down slides and TikToks with recruits and shit. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. He's just going to go, whoops, I dropped this $10 million bag right here. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to do that anymore. He just goes, all right, here's 10 million bucks. Have fun. Yeah. Here's a, here's a sponsorship contract from UWM. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is tweet hashtag BU here or yeah. whatever. Um, like that's a that's a very niche joke for uh, Metro Detroiters who have like twenty friends who who work at UWM and are just who just constantly tweet BU here and take pictures in front of the hung, the Hunter House they have on they have on their corporate campus. It's a very it's a very niche joke. <laughs> yeah, it kind of flew over my head, but uh, we evened out after the uh, the Kate and Hauser joke. Um, you know, and I'm glad Tucker's landing these guys, but, you know, I've always been a person who doesn't, I shouldn't say I don't give a shit about recruiting, but like I was used to, you know, D'Antonio getting two and three stars and turning them into pros, you know, even turning a walk-on into a top 10 draft pick or top 15 draft pick. Um, you know, so it is, it is really cool to see this happening. You know, it's, it's awesome, of course, but you know, I, I want to see what happens on the field with these guys as much as, you know, and people bitching about like getting three stars and stuff. Like I get some of it's sarcasm, but like, I mean, who fucking cares that much? I mean, do, do people, it's amazing how people obsess over stars and composite rankings and ESPN.com and all that t- all the time where it's like, let's just enjoy this, you know, getting this talent. People want to come play for MSU. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be fine like i just don't understand the obsession over it that's that's something i'll never get i guess i guess i'm a little boomer for it 
Yeah. Um, no, definitely. Uh, but I am, I am very excited. Um, I'm very excited to see, to see the future for MSU athletics. Yeah. Uh, and with, with basketball, it's going to be interesting too. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, it, I think, okay. MSU is a national brand of basketball. They are a powerhouse and this is going to make them even better, but it's going to be interesting how, you know, I, I think Izzo is open to understanding it, but I think he's going to be more of like, not as open to certain parts of it. You know what I mean? It's going to be like old man yells at cloud for certain parts. Like we're, we're oh, yeah. going to have some interesting quotes this year. No doubt. Him. No doubt. Um, uh, so Lucas. Yeah. Uh, you and I both saw a film over the weekend. A, a fine cinema. Yeah, we, we did a cinema. We truly did a cinema. Uh, we saw Fast, not we well, not together. No. Uh, separately. Uh, we saw Fast 9. Uh, listen. I hate when people are like, oh, the Fast and Furious movies aren't realistic. No shit. And it's like, I don't think they've been realistic since they stole DVD players out of a back of a truck. I watched that one uh, this past week. It's just mind blowing when Vin Diesel, when they open, or no, it wasn't Vin Diesel. It was the, um, oh, I forget the name. Rick Young is his name, I think. Um, opens up the, the back of the flatbed and fucking Sanyo DVD players. Like, Wow, twenty years later, they're shooting a Pontiac Fiero into the fucking moon or into outer into space. Space that uh, rolled, that like, rolled. You know, I understand some people are tired of these movies, but like, no one's forcing you to go watch them. No one's forcing you to go see them. Exactly. And yeah, you're gonna see the fucking previews because guess what? You have to spend money to make money. And do I think it's as good as like five, six, seven? No. Um, I think five and seven are the best ones out of all of them. And I, I used to be kind of the person who couldn't turn their brain off for these movies. And once like, like once fast five came out, I'm like, wait a minute, where's this thing going? Like, you know, that was when you could start to kind of see like, yeah, you, you, I agree. You definitely have to train. It's like a, you have to train your brain to, yeah to watch these kind of movies you know you have to, you have to right like if you're going there to like watch like a real human drama then like i'm sorry like you you deserve to hate this movie because you deserve to have the worst time you could possibly have watching a movie because right like you're you're putting way too unfair expectations on it well and what's what's so great about excuse me, five, six, seven, and eight is that they were all written by one dude. So like, I just imagine his name was Chris Moore. I just imagine him playing with like hot wheels at his house, like railing Coke, just like a, like a submarine toys. Oh, it comes out of the ground. Like just a Tony Montana mountain of Coke on his coffee table. And he has that hot wheels. He has that hot wheels loop de loop check. That orange like, plastic loop-de-loop. He like sees just, a picture of the Burj Khalifa or the Burj Khalifa towers. Like, okay, a car goes from one 
to the other. His his uh his living room, his office wall looks like the Pepe Silvia board. <laughs> and there's just like a yarn line from one Burj Khalifa tower to the other. <laughs> He's like talking to no one, like no one's there. Just sitting there, or like Justin Lin for the first couple, like just sitting he's there. like throwing, he's like throwing, he's throwing a little matchbox 70 Dodge Charger <laughs> through a fuck at a fucking submarine. And he's got like little Legos for the carrot for the actors, like yeah. oh no, oh Dom, don't turn on your family. Uh, I need to do this. <laughs> I, I Oi, want... I'm I'm Luke, Sh- I'm Shaw, I'm Ducker <laughs> Shaw, I'm a bad guy. Oi. Boy, I'm gonna kill your friend Harm. <laughs> um, I like Fast Nine. Like, I mean, do I think it's like I said? I still think five and seven are better. Six is might be. Sl- I don't know. I don't know about six, but <sighs> six, six. I I figured out what what was holding six back, and I think the thing that was holding six back was. Oh they weren't fully ready to embrace the ridiculousness yet. Right. They were still fighting it. And by the time they got to seven, they were like, all right, like, let's just have Dom and Deckard (laughs) Shaw uh, fucking sword fight with wrenches on top of a parking structure in downtown LA. Let's just fucking level LA. (laughs) (laughs) Now I remember... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's about to kill Decker Shaw and he stomps on the concrete. <laughs> yeah, he has a bit. I was like, listen, like I own a pair of Timberlands. I know they're heavy boots, but it, I think if I stomped on the top of a parking structure, I think the parking structure is still going to be standing no matter how much other damage is done to it. Oh my God. Like, and I think Fast 7 had the, whatever, Fast 7. I'm calling them all fast. It had, had such a great director with James Wan who like does horror, you know, does a lot of fictitious shit. It's like, he was probably just reading that script. Like, fuck yes. I need to do this movie. Like, and he was, I think he was perfect for it, but like, I I like fast nine a lot. I, I think I, I, I just feel like it's missing Paul Walker. And I know obviously you can't bring him back to some extent, but like, you know, it, Paul Walker was like uh, Paul Walker was kind of like the audience in these movies. Like he was the most grounded character, and it feels like it's kind of missing that charm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, one thing I did, you know, I want to talk about the Paul Walker, th- the like the Paul Walker sized hole in these movies since his death. Yeah. But, uh, one of my favorite running bits in this movie is uh, was was Tyrese basically. Uh, doing like the doing like the jewels and pulp fiction bit where he's yeah. like, How can we still be alive? <laughs> yeah, all right, sorry, um, audio difficulties, but yeah, fast nine, worth it. Go see it in the theaters. Uh, Tom Cruise, back to the movies. Uh, did, did you get did you get a thing from Vin Diesel uh, before the movie started for you? Yeah, welcome, welcome back to the movies. Yeah, well, like, I thought I was losing my fucking mind because Saturday Night Live did a sketch with Beck Bennett as Vin Diesel welcoming people back to the theaters. And, like, as the sketch went on, like, the things about the theater got worse and worse. Yeah, like the sticky seats. The guy masturbating, two seats over. Like, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like... 
when when he came on screen to say like I'm hi welcome back, Cassian looked at each other and I just burst out laughing. I'm like, I am so glad we chose to come see this. Like, well, this- and then uh, <laughs> and then like you know, Fast Nine isn't the first movie I saw post pan. You know, isn't the first movie I saw in theaters oh. after the pandemic. It was uh, before Quiet Place Part Two. I had really? a bit where Krasinski came on screen and was like, oh. "Thanks for coming back to the theater." Yeah, because uh, I think his movie's coming to Paramount Plus this this coming month. Yeah, I wonder how long that's going to last. I wonder how long. Like, is do you think we're going to get like a thing from the cast before Black Widow that was like, "Hey, like we're the cast of Black Widow." It wouldn't surprise me if it went through the end of the year, like. You know, because, uh, you know, Dune, you know, Denis Villeneuve was very adamant. He doesn't want his movie on HBO Max, but they're Warner Bros. like tough shit. So I could see him coming on the screen when you go see that movie, which is should be a theater trip for everybody. But, you know, him going, hey, thanks for coming to see this movie in theaters. We really appreciate it. Like it was the way we intended to watch it. Because I know Chris Nolan would have done that. Like if Tenet were this year, you know what I mean? Right. He, so, would, he probably would have been like bitching about HBO for 30 minutes. <laughs> Just a so, long 30 minute film. So um, this, this is interesting. Uh, a bit of breaking news to, to close out the show, Lucas. Hmm. Um, Lucas, uh, this, is, this is my favorite joke that didn't get any love. So naturally I'm going to run it into the fucking ground. Uh, Lucas, uh, what do you call gay incest porn that takes place in the in a forest? Oh, oh, Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson, yes. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson. Oh. Um, tweeted, uh, shout out to Blair O'Donovan for all the help this summer. Went from 13.5% body fat to 7.5% in less than three months. I can't thank Blair enough for the amount of time and work he put in to get me ready for whatever I choose to do next. Hmm. See ya later, uh, alligator. He is gone. I mean, I almost like he, you can see the improvement. Like I'm not staring at his pictures, but like you can see like in his traps and his back. Yeah, I mean, his face is sl- like his face is slimmer. His jawline's more pronounced. Like he kind of shaved his body hair to make it look more impressive too. <laughs> it's it's kind of like <laughs> that before and after of Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to quote tweet it with that, but I'm like, no, he legit looks better. Yeah, he legit looks different. Like he legit <laughs> like, like like he looks he he looks more defined. Like I will yeah. say that. Like he looks. Like you can, like you can see muscle groups. That is a body that just won't quit. Yeah, the, <laughs> I fuck it. I'm gonna do it anyway. It's too fucking funny. <laughs> I, I think. Wait, ex- yeah, excited for. Yeah, and then healthy baller and their tweet said, "Excited for H. Dickinson, 24, and his upcoming sophomore season at Michigan basketball. He was dialed in, like the phone dial." Um, Body fat, blah blah blah, for NBA G League comm line. It's no, it's no accident because this hard work paid off. Hmm, that's kind of like conflicting statements in one tweet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, Lucas, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Okay. Uh, 
uh, th- we'll we'll talk about Guardians and whatever news comes up in between now and then. We we'll uh, probably talk Black Widow by then. Yeah, it'll be the week Black Widow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're, we will. If we're gonna skip a week, yeah, it'll be yeah, Black Widow. It'll be Black Widow. So yeah. uh, we'll be chopping it up Black Widow style. Okay, so, sounds good, Lucas. Until then, go green. Go white. <laughs>